Hello and welcome to the Two Bearded Men with Music podcast. I, my name is Alan. I forgot who I was then. And my name is Gary. It was the, it was Gary picking up them drumsticks and playing the intro music, which completely confused me. <laughs> yes, the format of this podcast is we go away, pick a subject that we happen to see in wherever internet news. We we'll go and do a bit of research. And then we bring it to the table for open discussion between ourselves. So without further ado, over to Gary. Well, my subject come from uh, the new scientists. I decided, uh, you know, an easy source of research. <laughs> Use them. <laughs> buy a magazine and yeah. Read it. yeah. Well, I, I don't buy it. I go online, <laughs> find the stories that have been posted online. Oh, that's what I normally do. But uh, I, I usually I used to like reading a lot of the science magazines, and I've not done it for yeah. a long time. So. Um, uh, I thought, oh, I'll pick that up and have a, and have a read, and that's full of little articles and stuff. And I was flicking through, yeah. and I saw one which I thought, what? I've got, I had to do, do a bit of a double take. Uh, Dinosaurs on tiptoes <laughs> is the title of this. And I had an imagination, you know, yeah. dinosaurs creeping about. I could imagine <laughs> why you would uh, take a double take on that. <laughs> Jurassic Park came into mind. <laughs> they don't have toes. <laughs> well, <clears throat> well, I don't think they have. These um, these uh, dinosaurs, which they found, uh, they're called uh, Rotosaurus or Rotosaurus brownie. They always stay away from the <laughs> Latin. <laughs> Is it Latin? Must be. Must be. They usually are. Uh, uh, goodness knows. So these uh, were twenty-four ton. Animals uh, that had four legs, long necks, and long tails. You know, that's half a half a half a forty ton, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I got absolutely stuck then a forty ton lorry. I was trying to say it's half a heavy goods lorry, <laughs> and all that kept going through my brain was forty ton, a forty tonner, forty tonner. I thought, but I've already said half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that, yeah, you yeah. say my brain works. Yeah. Come the revolution. <laughs> um, so Andreas uh, Jamel at the University of Queensland in Australia and his colleagues analysed a uh, foot fossil. Yeah. And um, oh, and obviously this is a. Uh, I mean, we commonly know this as like a diplodocus. You know, I the, think I've heard of that. Well, I was saying I think I've heard of that. You know, the, I could say anything, couldn't I? <laughs> you know, but they sort of they're great big uh, yeah. animals that just eat plants and stuff. Yeah, like that. and you see them in Jurassic World. And you see them in Jurassic World. Yeah. Yeah, walking past, going ooh, and eating something. <laughs> so apparently, um, they looked at the the bone structure and they found that uh, they couldn't actually walk flat-footed. Otherwise, they would break the ankles. Well, I'm not surprised at 20 ton. Well, you'd think, well, so this is why they walk on tiptoes. But you think, wow, 24 ton and they're walking on tiptoes. That can't be good either. It's like a woman walking in high heels. Oh, yeah. Imagine <laughs> it starting your toe. Jeez. Um, I say a woman in high heels. I, I have to backtrack very quickly there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Too late. It's Too out. late, yeah. But... Um, no, so uh, they did some X-rays and they found that the uh, the uh, tiptoes uh, touch the ground and 
and this, they thought, well, how does that work? And, you know, so apparently um, there's uh, x-rays of elephants who actually are very similar. They walk on tiptoes. Did but, you know that? No, because they've just got one big club foot. They've, well, we've got four of the Four club, club feet. <laughs> I've seen them in the circus. And, and on David Attenborough programmes. Yeah. So we think of a, an elephant's foot quite uh, big, round and flat. Yeah. But no, apparently. They also uh, walk on tiptoe, but what you don't see is there's a lot of tissue which supports that foot. And so it looks flat, but yeah. in actual fact it's not. So elephants don't have flat feet. No. So they don't suffer from plantar fasciitis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, for those who don't know, is a problem with your foot. <laughs> it's the tendons and ligaments in your foot where your, your arch collapses and it hurts. I can attest. Well, you can imagine if it happened to these guys at 24 ton. Oh. Yeah. Now, but, th th something came to my mind when you started talking about that. <laughs> I, I've had a discussion in my dim and distant past about dinosaurs and the big weight of them um, mm -hmm. they originally there was a theory that i heard that they didn't think that they could support themselves obviously the weight, so they thought that they most live uh, lived in water oh yeah yeah but then they did the calculations and realized that they were that big the pressure of water had collapsed the lungs because as long as they, it didn't go yeah, that deep yeah so body above this is down. obviously a continuation <laughs> of on that type of uh, yeah. thing i heard that a few years ago oh. well the uh, science scientists should i say if I speak properly do say that um you know these would have to evolve into something which could uh, support themselves a lot better uh, but they didn't say how or what might be you know what they might have evolved yeah. into, or any associated species of pterodactyls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take birds. the weight totally off the feet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's this got to, there's animals what obviously survived whatever the catastrophe was, what killed off the dinosaurs. They're assuming it was a, a big meteorite came mm. and uh, splatted down. Uh, but there's obviously animals survived and little mammals survived and stuff like that. Um, so there's got to be some dinosaurs what have evolved. I mean, you look at uh, big like iguanas. I bet they would have been around. I honestly reckon they are dinosaurs. Mm. That's what they look like, and that's what they were. And I reckon you, you know, iguanas. They found out iguanas go when they're hunting. They go when they bite an animal, and then they just walk back. Um, what they find out is that they have venom. Venom. Ah. And they then just wait for the animal to collapse because it poisons its leg. So, and I watched them and it was really fascinating because they just followed the animal around. You know, wait till <laughs> it, it fell over. It fell over yeah. yeah, and then ate it. So, yeah, I'm feeling hungry in a couple of days. I'll just bite this leg here and mm. uh, follow it around. Eventually, yeah, it, it, it was really fascinating. <clears throat> I think that was a David Attenborough one as well. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and they've only just found that out. Uh, you'd have thought, you know, yeah, they would have known that. You must have seen them eating something at some point. Yeah, so does that mean, I mean, uh, people keep these things as pets and stuff, don't they? Yeah, well, think? maybe not them giant iguana things, but lizards and stuff, yeah. Mm. 
I don't like I don't like lizards. They frighten me. <laughs> you know, too much like snakes. And I was one. I'm one of them that's been born with that fear of snakes. Even though I've only very rarely seen or come in contact with snakes in my life, but ever, even when I see one on the telly, I can't stand it. <laughs> frightens me to death. I've just got that. You know, uh, inbuilt fear. Yeah. No. Well, that's uh, my subject for today. Okay. Well, my subject is another 180 from that, and it's to do with bad sleeping habits. Oh. And a French neurotech company called Dream, D-R-E-E-M, has released an updated version of its sleep tracking headband with a new softer feel, you can tell I'm reading this, improved audio quality and more flex, uh, a more flexible fit. So, I thought, right, what it basically is, what this company has done, has created a headband which works very similar to going to a sleep clinic. It takes, it comes with an app and it uh, records everything from your brain patterns, your heart rate, uh, heart activity, head movements, and it's far more accurate than a smartwatch, obviously. And it's more like more like a sleep lab without having to spend a night in a, in a strange bed with like electrodes taped to your face. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, people who go into these uh, places and you yeah. think, how on earth are they going to go to sleep with that all attached? Yeah, I actually did go to once once for the testing for sleep apnea, and where they test you for that is you go to hospital, they wire you up, then you sleep. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't sleep. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it was roasting. I had to go all the way up to Inverness, <laughs> you know, and I was bored. I was on my own. Oh, it's terrible. And I just didn't sleep at all. And then woke up in the morning and said, well, your blood oxygen hasn't dropped. So I wouldn't have dropped. I've been awake. <laughs> <laughs> so the conclusion was, yes, you, you, you don't sleep. <laughs> the conclusion was, no, you don't have it, go away. Oh. That's what they said to me. No, you don't have sleep apnea, go away. Anyway, going back to this device, it's, uh, it's roughly, sorry, the Dream Manager Tech Radio said we remade it from, basically remade it from scratch, so they're watching your sleep. And I'm just desperately trying to read through. Okay, and it plays sounds, sounds to you during through your app. You can it takes. There was one interesting bit. I really want to find it now. Uh, where what it does, it they have an app and it has asks you questions throughout the day, and you fill in that survey, and then after a, over a week, from your. Uh, brain activity, your sleeping patterns and stuff like that, it actually comes up with a, a way to, to tailor in towards you how to sleep better. It comes up with suggestions, what you can do from your habits and from the survey. I'm assuming the survey will be saying things like, do you feel tired now and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, headband, I've seen a picture of it. It doesn't look that ridiculous. It just looks like an ordinary headband, but then it goes down over your ears as well. So obviously it's playing music to you. So with their app, it's probably in conjunction with Calm, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there you go. That was my subject. And I, I didn't really know much about it. <laughs> I was like, again, when I did my other one, I did that five minutes after it. <laughs> well, they've, they've been they've brought out other headbands like uh, for like meditation and stuff like that, which 
uh, track your brain signals and and stuff like that and this is probably along an extension yeah well what they're actually selling it for what they're aiming at is you know if you wear a headband overnight it's going to be uncomfortable and they're trying to get it such a design that you can wear overnight without it disturbing you Mm. because it's like say if you went to a sleep lab and sellotaped all them things to you First thing you'll be thinking, oh, that's going to hurt when they take them off. <laughs> yeah. And I hope I don't look like a pepper pot. <laughs> you know, so that's obviously good. It's a strange environment, but you can do it in the home then. Yeah. Uh, with a bit of app technology. Yeah, just probably cost about, you know, just a few hundred quid. Well, actually, there is a cost. I'm glad you came up with that. Uh, because I saw costs. And it's obviously on the last page. I thought I saw it there. Uh, it's a managed to achieve all, all while dropping the headband price by 100 euros, about 110, 85 pound. It's going to cost 85 quid. No. And the band is available to order now for 399 euros, 345 GBP. That's pretty steep, isn't it? It is, yeah. For the average person. Um, yeah. You'd have to be rather really struggling and suffering with the problem. I'll get it on the national health. Well, there's always that, and it's probably why it's come out with a high uh, price band to begin with, but I've never seen anything, well, I've never heard of anything uh, that's come out that, that you can get on the national health that's come out like that. You know, I mean, the many people I speak to have trouble sleeping. I mean, I am the I Well, yourself, you really suffer with your sleeping, don't you? Yeah. So, but... Do you ever go to the doctor and say, look, I can't sleep, I need help sleeping? No. No, I don't. When I have my bouts of insomnia, which, thankfully for me, only occur when something changes, like I go on holiday or something, and then the day before you go back to work, you, it's the law that you have to lie awake all Sunday night. <laughs> you know? And then occasionally when I, when I bring something home from work or there's something on my mind, it stops me sleeping. But it's all... Myself, it's all driven by myself. It's all my brain what's doing it. Yeah. And I know what's doing it. And generally, I can forget and go to sleep and I'm fine. Uh, but I would never dream of going to a doctor and saying, look, I need something to dull to yeah. let me sleep. Uh, but mind you, having said that, the medicine for it is not what I want. You don't want sleep. I don't want sleeping pills. I know I did actually go uh, to the doctor, but it was, it was related to migraines and the migraines were stopping me from sleeping so it was an ever-increasing circle or decreasing circle of... Yeah, down the rabbit hole. Yeah, because you can't, because I couldn't sleep, I was getting more tired. And because I'm more tired, I'm getting migraine. And then I couldn't sleep because I had the migraine. And it was just a constant uh, circle. So I did get tablets, which dulled everything. And it's supposed to be chronic pain. But that came with side effects. <laughs> you cure, you sort of help in one sense, but you've added... A number of other symptoms which you didn't have before. Yeah. And other, <clears throat> I have now successfully come off that, thankfully. Through meditation. Through meditation, yeah. Yeah, you thought yourself, so you've dealt with your brain. And that's it's your what brain, it is. It? It's yeah. your perception of what is in front of you, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting a lot better at not worrying about what's in front of me, but you know, that's that goes back to obviously when I was ill and I was suffering the stress and the anxiety and I was basically in my corner uh, it's just I thought I'm never ever going back there and it's myself what put me there and everything that at the time I thought put me there it was perceived yeah, yeah. 
and you make yourself feel from your perception of what's going on. I mean, I'm oversimplifying it. There's plenty of other Well, I read something reasons. really uh, good the, just last night, the night before. Uh, so this guy describing when he was younger and, he was, and all the family was around and there was something on the TV and he didn't say what it was, but it was something that happened and then his granddad had a sour face and quite looking quite angry. His little brother was rolling about the floor laughing his head yeah. off. Another person was quite embarrassed. He goes, so from one image on the TV, uh, multiple whole range people, of emotions. All range of emotions and yeah. people perceived it in a different way and yeah. and took it on. And, and this is what it's all about, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is, really. It's uh, You tell yourself stories. Yeah. Yeah. And I was telling myself hell of a lot of stories, apparently. Still do. But fortunately now, most of them are just daydreams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. So there we go. Yeah. Anyway, that's the two subjects we brought to the table this week. So with that, we'll end the podcast. So it's a goodbye from me, Alan. And a goodbye from me, Gary. Bye. Bye.